Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Paper Cuts Podcast. Today's episode is called Lizards on the Beach. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Paper Cuts Podcast. I'm Dean DeFalco, and with me we have some special guests tonight, don't we, Nick? Ooh, special. Yeah, Nick's the only one with me here who uh, <laughs> is of our regular cast. Uh, Evan is MIA. I believe he's fighting dragons somewhere in, uh, in Cambodia. Yeah, can- dragons in Cambodia go together well. Uh, and and Dan's just being a bearded fuck and not being here tonight. Um, so, yeah, uh, write us an email and tell us how much you hate Dan for not being here. Actually, I miss Dan. Don't you miss Dan, Nick? No. Come on. We see him enough. Yeah, he sucks. Okay. <laughs> uh, so to replace uh, his, uh, his redheadedness, we got even someone with redder hair. Uh, Rachel, why don't you go ahead and say hi? Hi. Uh, and with Rachel, we have uh, Steph filling hi. in for uh, Evan tonight. Steph, why don't you go ahead and say hi? Hi. They are our Batgirl aficionados, so uh, this should be a Ooh. fun... Uh, fun fun night uh so why don't we just hop right into it uh nick why don't you start us off to uh show these girls how we do it around here on paper cuts yeah well you should have started with somebody else but i, I will oh, okay. take the reins oh, okay <laughs> all right <laughs> no, no. it's either and, me or uh, you man so <laughs> yeah i know i'm gonna talk we, we got a little camera here so i can actually show you guys i'm gonna talk about deadly class Ooh, ah. it's a, a book by image and it's done by rick remender and uh wes craig uh and it's about pretty much um rick remender's life it's it's he he after the first issue he wrote in the back in the letters column all about how he grew up and um his home life and then how he moved around and his family situations how he grew up in the 80s and how that affected his life so this is basically uh his story put into a, a, a cool comic setting where it's this boy who was um he got put into foster homes because his parents got killed by a, a, a homeless, a crazy person that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and landed on them after uh, while they're on a boat ride. It's, Wait, it's, did, it's, did that really happen to Rick Remender? It, no, no, that part oh, didn't happen. I, I think in, in the back he said, I think his parents were like split, and so he had to go live at different places. But oh, okay. it's, I guess to him, it was like a homeless guy landed on him, his parents, and split them up. I feel like making a comic book about your life gives you the opportunity to kind of exaggerate the exciting parts. Yeah, exactly. And that's what he's doing here. He's basically given like his bare bones about like, you know, the, the, the chemistry between friends and, you know, the things that he did. But at the same time, he just turns it all the way up and makes it into a comic book. And it's really like cool way he's doing it. And, but there's like heartfelt moments where it kind of goes into his psyche. And there's also just the young, you know, um, emotional relationships between the guys and the girls and and you know jealousy that happens and but you know once again he turns it up to 19 and and he talks you know one of the guys gets one of the boyfriends gets killed and so there's a lot of cool things that happen it's only on issue seven and this one starts the new arc so uh basically after he got homeless he went to foster homes he turned into you know being a pretty good kid but a badass kid and this academy uh this underground academy recruited him and these guy and the academy is like teaches all the next assassins they have they're like the house of all uh they teach the kids from you know uh columbia gangs uh, like kids from there from, like parents of that families you know italian gangs the, the puerto ricans they also have like you know the the, the black gangs. so these are all like the kids of those gangs and and they make you know it's not really about the class. It's about the relationships between the people. And that's, that's what's really cool about it. So it's basically like taking all of his friends, you know, generalizing all of them, putting them into these crazy settings and, and just poof, you have this great book. And then Wes Craig really brings the book to life too. Uh, the colorists are really good. And that is by, uh, Longridge, I guess that's his name. And it really adds to the flavor of the book. Cause it's kind of minimalistic, pencils by Wes Craig but it's like this old kind of like retro 80s style where it's kind of like muted 
and it's just the action in the book flows real well, and the, and this the dialogue is great. I mean, Remender has been great with all of his Captain America books, and you know he just continues with with a different side of them with this image book. It's pretty crazy. Sweet deal, man. Did uh did you read anything else? Yeah, I also read uh, Spider Man. Oh, the Spider Man. Wait, was it better to edge than Edge of the Spider Verse? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that book sucked. And this is the kind of like they're doing something similar. Where in all new X Men, they brought my, they brought the, the that character back to the Ultimate Universe, which is kind of strange. Uh, so to have that X Men interacting with Miles Morales, it was definitely a different side of that. But with Man. this one, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that one was that great, so I didn't want to talk about it. But this uh, Miles Morales, the Ultimate Spider Man, there's. This book was great. It, it harkens back. It had like that fast paceness of like the Ultimate Spider-Man run by Bendis in like 2000, which is you know something that you love with these books. But it also you know in this one, um, Spider-Man. I don't know if you guys have been following it, but Spider-Man, the Peter Parker that died from the Ultimate Universe, is back. We don't know what he is or you know where he came from. If he's a clone, but wait, you mean the one that got like shot in the head? The one that got killed by uh, the Green Goblin. Yeah, what, what's the same one with the Doc Ock body switching voodoo? No, that's no, um, that, that was a different one. Yeah, uh, that's uh, the Amazing Spider-Man universe, and then there's a separate Ultimate universe. It makes absolutely no sense. Marvel was trying to was was there anything for that Ultimate thing that they did that for besides like just trying to sell more books? Well, they – I don't know what that – I thought they were going to destroy the Ultimate Universe when they had Galactus come in. And then they – you know, he just ate New Jersey, as they say. And um, they kept on going with this book. So now they took the old X-Men and put them into the Ultimate Universe. So this universe is going to be alive and strong. I don't know if that's the all-new X-Men's way out of the present and back into their past. But uh, with this one, it's – uh, Miles has taken over completely as the Spider-Man role, the Peter Parker role. He watched uh, Peter Parker die, and that's what you know gave him the courage to become Ultimate Spider-Man. And he's been on this long journey to get to this point, and now Sp- Spider-Man came back a couple issues ago. And then there's also these two villain Spider-Men that are going around the city, and uh, so you have all these you know things that Bendis is juggling, but he's keeping everything pretty much together. And it, it turns out to be, a, you know, a really great book, but I don't know what's going to happen. Everything ended with a cliffhanger. So Spider-Man, Peter Parker's back, and we don't know what he is. You need something real special to to have a book like that hold its its weight. And I think only someone like Bendis could uh, make that happen. because Exactly, because I'm interested in all the characters, mm-hmm. and that's the only way you could do it. Especially right, so many Spider-Men. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you're saying Spider-Man, there there's something wrong because it only started as Spider-Man, and now there there's more than one. There there, there should only ever be one. Oh, God. No, but I definitely love the miniseries, the Spider-Man miniseries. I do, yeah. and and that was with the six one six Spider-Man and the Ultimate Miles Morales Spider-Man, and so it's kind of like this again. They mentioned Spider-Man in it, um, but at the end of it. Green Goblin is comes back to life, and so Green Goblin and Peter Parker died at the end of that run of Bendis's run for Ultimate Spider-Man, um, and that's when Miles took over. Now Green Goblin's back, and Peter Parker's back, and Green Goblin goes to Jay Jonas and Jameson's house at the end of the issue, and they have like this big heart to heart, and he's saying how he has to get back at everyone that knocked him down, and Jay Jonas at the end of it pulls out a gun and the cliffhanger is. You know, he pulls the trigger, but you don't know what happens. And then the other side of it, P- Miles Morales goes to MJ's house, and he's like, she's like, I, we have to talk about this Peter Parker. What, why is he here? You know, w- what's going on? And you hear in the background, he says, let him in. And it's actual Peter Parker at MJ's house. So it, it's setting up to be real strange. I don't know if this is the real, you know, Peter Parker back for more or you know, why he's there or anything. So I'm definitely interested in it, and I love the storyline right now. And this is all Ultimate Universe, right? This, this is, is all Ultimate, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. And then, then you yeah, got... Check it out. It's, it's, it's really fun. Miles is a cool, cool character. This is why Marvel confuses the shit out of Well, yeah, there, there's two different Spider-Mans going on. Like, like, how many different titles can you kill the same character in different ways but in different timelines? 
I, and then bring them back and then have those be the cliffhangers. It's strange. Oh, and, then, and now they got a Wolverine that they're going to be killing off soon. So Yeah, and I, I heard Charles Soule did like an um, uh, interview about it, and, and he's, he just made it sound like it was definite. But you know it's not. It's like going to be a year-and-a-half thing, and then at most. like I can't believe Charles Xavier is still dead. With Wolverine, with the popularity that Wolverine has right now. That's that's why they that's why they want to do it of course because it's going to call attention because it's like oh my god everyone's favorite character he's like the one direction of marvel characters right now i know you got to see the book too it's got like this big glossy shiny cover and everything it's like buy me and it's like i I have i have read that the 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 death of wolverine and the first two have been pretty good uh it's um he, in the second one, he ends up going to like this bar and he's sitting down with these, these two women and it's drawing really cool. And he, you know, the whole time he, he can't use his claws. So it's like this whole new side to him. And at the end, um, he, he goes to fight Sabretooth and uh, Kitty Pride saves the day. So it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of old characters and uh, some of like the new, you know, Kitty Pride, he kind of made a relationship with her recently. So it's, it's, it's a cool story, but I, I don't think he's going to die for long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I probably agree with that. Um. So, is, is, uh, is that it, Nick? Did you have anything else? No, I, I think I covered uh, my two little books right there. Sweet deal, sweet. Uh, Rachel, I see you got something in your hand there. Uh, have, have you read anything recently? Actually, believe it or not, yeah, I haven't read a lot because I am not only a broke musician, I'm also a broke college student now. Which, <laughs> um, so I'm I'm killing it in both departments. But I ended up springing the extra buck for the holographic cover for Future's End, and I'm kind of stoked on it. Um, so, of course, being a Batgirl freak, uh, I had to pick up the Batgirl Future's End, especially since it's Gail Simone's last, apparently. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, did, we Dan covered this. Uh, yeah. Okay, I I, I'd, I'd actually like know. to get uh, someone else's perspective Yeah, I, I want to get a female perspective on it. All too. right, so uh, tell, us, tell us what you thought about this book. Right, well, I am female, so I'm eligible to give a <laughs> and, and you have red hair like Dan, sort of. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's like another female doing the, doing the review. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't disappointed. Okay. And I, I think that the way that she tied in other former Batgirls was very interesting. It was a nice, um, a nice like, goodbye to her. For, for kind of the characters that you could tell she grew to love so much as a writer. Because she was, I mean, yeah, she writes all kinds of shit. She's like Tomb Raider, this, that. She's all over the place. But she has, DC-wise, kind of had a home in the whole Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, everyone she deals with, specifically the females, little crevice. So the fact that she got to really go out with a bang, especially with Future's End, because she got to wrap up her version of Batgirl. I'm a little nervous for the new Batgirl. I'm a lot nervous, actually. That's an understatement. <laughs> Do you know who's writing it? I, I've heard whispers. I haven't had time to really actually look into it. Does it look promising, honestly? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, hopefully keep your fingers crossed. It, it won't go back to anything too bad. I was actually let down when... Uh, Jeff Johns handed over the reins to uh, Robert Venditti, and that book kind of fell off really hard. But uh, I mean, you know, you never know. Sometimes a uh, fresh, uh, fresh take on stuff uh, leads to some really cool stories. Um, did uh, did you did you guys happen to read anything else? Oh well, Rachel, did you happen to read anything else new or old uh, recently? I haven't. It's okay. That's not a big deal. But uh, I want to say, in regards to the new Batgirl, have you guys seen the costume redesign? No, no, but I, I, I just looked on here, and that's that was like the first thing that Googled popped up. Okay, this is what scares me about it. DC pulled the whole New 52 to pull in a new generation of readers. Apparently, they weren't content because now they need Batgirl to appeal to 14-year-old girls. Yeah, that's what I'm looking right here. They can dumb down the story, too. That's my, my issue here. Yeah. yeah. A little crazy, like with the gore and everything. So well, know. yeah, but I mean, do you see her new? She's literally like, yeah. she looks like she's thirteen. Oh no! Yeah, it looks really strange. Is, is, are you? T- are we talking about the same one? It's like a leather jacket looking thing with the snaps on the cape. Oh, what yeah. is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is awfully strange. So that's that's where my, most of my concerns lie. Is like, if that says anything about how the book itself is going to be, if that. 
kind of states what the target market <laughs> the people that they want to read the book i've been in class for so long today <laughs> i i kind of like the art though it, it does look like a pretty cool style it doesn't look like your dc house style that's that's style one promising thing about it the style i like the design itself is- yeah i'm with you there she looks like a fucking marching band bat oh. bat band <laughs> oh what is this it looks like a Halloween costume. Oh, like, man. I babysit her. Yeah. You know what she looks like? She looks like she's a kick-ass, like, Batman wannabe with the boots and stuff. Oh, I don't like that, man. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, man. Oh, well, I mean, uh, hopefully uh, the story can make up for the redesign. Well, this is what I, I just looked with. it up, and, and it's Cameron Stewart, and he did uh, Batman Inc., and he's doing the multiversity, and Brendan Fletcher, who's done Wednesday Comics. And then art by Babs Tar. Ba- Babs Tar. Know. It says yes. Babs Babs will draw Babs. <laughs> I don't know who Babs Tar is. That makes me happy. That's that, that I think I can handle. Well, I mean, hopefully the. I mean, they they could always tweak stuff when uh, you know the book comes out and everything. So hopefully it's it's not as bad as it seems. I mean that that is a very very odd looking uh costume yeah it's starting off bad but you know it, it can go up it can go up that that is that is, keep your expectations low and they can only go higher that's that's <laughs> the best way to go into a movie <laughs> yes. i think it'll be shit and it's gonna be good yeah yeah How do you guys feel about guardians of the galaxy i know it's completely unrelated but with the movie yeah oh i loved it it was it was pretty good okay cool what do you guys think of it yeah, it was all we, we dug it. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, the thing was, it, it's nice to get away from some of the more serious stuff that Marvel's done. Um, Iron Man's always been a little goofy, but I mean, Captain America was pretty serious. Hulk was an incredibly serious movie. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy took everything with sort of a grain of salt. And I mean, every, every little bit of it was funny. There were plenty of quirks and everything. Uh David Batista in that movie was really, really funny. Just the little group puns here and there. I warmed up to him. At first, I was like, he does not fit into this movie. And then he slowly, you know, made his little jokes of him not listening and things like that. And and he grew on me. Nothing gets over my head. (laughs) I would catch it. But the the main character is still the show. uh, Chris Pratt. Oh, Chris Pratt? I could not believe it. Before seeing the movie and before really, because I mean, I'm, I'm more of a Batgirl DC Batman family type reader um i didn't really know anything about guardians of the galaxy so i'm on the internet one day and i just see a video that's like vin diesel does all his lines as groot in five lines. so i'm like holy shit that's talent like that's a lot of language <laughs> and later i realized he says four words I think, yeah. in the whole yep. <laughs> i am groot and then he says we we uh yeah, yes, yes. He, he had he had it in one oh, more. Five. We are there. We go. Yeah, that, that's that's a tough one. Uh, but that, yeah, that little dancing group was was adorable. Oh god, I end. wish I could buy one of those. Uh, yeah, he took like one of those dancing oh the solar Daisy, yeah from like the nineties or whatever, and then made it into a group. Oh, I, I, saw I that bought one, yeah. the fun pop thing already. I put my pre-order in. Uh, it's it's okay, Nick. I, I was I very, know. very close to doing the same thing. In fact, I, I, I did. Like... I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, I got to do it. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't, So that'll be my first one. Well, I, I, have to get I, mean, I mean, you know me. I got the uh, my first pop is the uh, Sharknado one that we got. Oh, uh, yeah. That was your, that's your pops and cherry. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, something else. Uh, so, Steph, uh, what have you been reading lately? Tell right. me about your heartbreak. Yeah. Heartbreak? Oh, oh do tell in the kingdom so i'm more of a bat woman than bat girl and the whole Batwoman situation is kind of just blowing up oh do, do tell yeah because Batwoman, she's got like this crazy crazy storyline that you got to go back before the new 52 she has an elegy and that just that's awesome in itself and then halfway through the new 52 the writer jh williams and the basically all the writers just left and the reason behind it was mostly because Batwoman has a girlfriend, uh, Maggie Sawyer, and they were supposed to get engaged. Uh, they proposed, they're engaged, they, uh, that's the word. And um, then all of a sudden, DC was like, no, they're not getting married. So the writers got really, really upset, and now they're not getting married. And then in the latest issue that I read, at least, uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman, broke it off with Maggie Sawyer. And I was just like... 
no, <laughs> you can't do that. Like, I think issue 17, I want to say, that's when uh, she proposed, and now almost half of the issues later were in the 30s now. So doubled that, now they're like, they broke it off. And it's just, like, I don't I don't understand, and I'm sad. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. She calls me at one <laughs> morning crying. I wasn't. I was old. <laughs> I was tearing. It wasn't crying. It wasn't full blown. <laughs> well, I was like, "Your cat died. Like, what's going on?" Like, Iroga. Iroga. It was like um, Anchorman when he's he's like, "I'm in a glass cage." Cage <laughs> <laughs> <Stage> of emotion. <laughs> oh God. I don't know if that would have. Any, I don't know if there's any uh, relationship in comics that would have that effect on me. If any of them broke up, really? yeah, I don't I, think so. I'd, I'd have to think hard about it. Um, hmm. How about even how about even male on male breakups, just like partnership breakups? Um, I don't think any of them really affect me like nah, that. No, I mean deaths are one thing, but I mean relationships. Ah, uh, no, I mean I was pissed off when Damien died. Ah. Uh, yeah, that was fucked up. Well, that, that was, that was a was fucking like, he, Morrison move, man. I know. Yeah. He's like, I, I created him. I want to destroy him. Fucking like, jerk. With your shitty ass Batman Inc. book, it's like, <laughs> I, don't don't ruin my Batman and uh, Robin book over here. We can't hate on him too much because he did write Annihilator, and that book seems to be pretty good so far. And Arkham Asylum. And Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum was was fantastic. I Morrison's done a bunch of great shit, but that that's a big no no in my book. Fucking killing off Damien, but uh, that does suck about uh. As a writer, kill off Damien. Yeah, just ah oh, fuck. Do you guys? And make Batgirl look like she's twelve. That's it. <laughs> uh, you guys it's it's that? it's amazing that they killed him though, because they then they put him in the next animated movie. It's it's really. He was in that Batman Robin movie, which is not good. Um, and then the most and recent one was Robin. Batman Ark Asylum. What was and that? Batman and Robin that's on some kind of screen is probably not going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> For that title, it's just fucking terrible. Well, was that the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger way back on, or was that Batman Forever? That was Forever. Yeah. Batman and Robin was... Uh, that was Poison Ivy and Two-Face, I believe. No, no, no. If it was with Poison Ivy, that was Mr. Freeze. Yeah. I think he was in two. Robin was in... Wasn't he? Batman Forever, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was, there was one with Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, and then the other one was... Oh, that was three. Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Poison... And Uma Thurman yeah, as Poison Which Ivy. I didn't see. I, I'm proud to say I never saw a Batman 4. Good. Don't don't see it. It'll only Holds melt your my brain. morals. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a panel with Michael Oslin, who is the executive producer of, like, everything Batman. Mm-hmm. Basically, since... The Adam West shit was over because he was like two at the time. He was a fetus, basically. <laughs> and we're in the panel, and some guy, he just goes, So, can we talk about Batman and Robin for a minute? And Michael Oslin's face just goes like, like, just like, his eyes said, No, please don't. Before <laughs> his lips could move. And he was like, Ugh. <laughs> You know, it was like. <laughs> well, uh, a uh, f- funny story about that. Do you know who was originally supposed to play uh, uh, Mr. Freeze in uh, that movie? No. Patrick Stewart. What? No way! Really? Patrick Stewart was supposed to play Mr. Freeze. I did see that, though. If right? If you take back the old cartoon version of Mr. Freeze. Oh, he would have made such a good Mr. Small Freeze. Small little guy like he was, and yep. with his little Nora wife, mm-hmm. all frozen. Well, they had the story, right? Just Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. oh God, there were so many things wrong about that. Puns. I can't even get over that right now. That's so cool. Right? That would have been a good movie. Five favorite humans. Yeah, pa- Patrick Stewart is fantastic as an actor, as a human being. He he's a great guy. He's up there with a uh, Ian McLennan. I, I think I said that right. Magneto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just Magneto and Xavier. Their friendship, so. their friendship is like. It's not I feel about that. How Steph feels about Batwoman and her. Her lover. <laughs> oh, they, they have they have quite a bromance. Uh, my favorite thing, uh, Patrick Stewart recently was when he did the uh, the ice bucket challenge. Oh yeah, did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he he did it like a boss. He uh, he straight up just wrote out a check, had a bucket of ice in front of him, but uh, instead took out a glass, popped in two little uh, ice cubes, and poured a glass of whiskey, and uh, just put the check up to the screen. I was like, man, doing that like a uh, a real uh, boss there. Uh, not. Nicest people I've ever met. 
Oh yeah, P- people. Anyone who's met him says uh, he's he's a fantastic person. Uh, I I could I could only imagine. Uh, he he's my favorite captain on Star Trek too. Uh, mo- to the chagrin of most people, I'm sure uh, most people would say Shatner or someone else. But I'm a big Picard fan. <laughs> I'm a George Takei fan. Oh, uh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I lo- I love him on Howard. <laughs> yeah, he he he's he's something else. Uh, George he's Takei out he's, there. Yeah, he's he, amazing. He, that man. He's a funny guy. Facebook posts. Oh, they're they're classic. From, he's got he's got something like four eight million people following him too. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's crazy. literally like trying to because you know how when an actor has a certain phase in their career, it's like they use that as their identity. Mm-hmm. So he has like eight million iconic sci-fi situations, and now he like it seems like he thinks of himself as like the sarcastic voice of the internet, and he writes books and shit about just posting things <laughs> on the internet. Does he? <laughs> Wow! <laughs> like, I'm shocked. Anyone? Else. I'm shocked that that has a place on the internet. I mean, everything has a place on the internet, but I can't believe people buy those books. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, I oh guess there's a place for it. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm sure people would follow him. Some of his posts are actually very interesting. <laughs> if he's anything like how he's on Howard, it's crazy. He's so candid. He talks about his love life and how he used to sneak out to parks and meet guys, you know, because he, he lived the closet of life until he was like 70 or so, like something like that old. And he's like 85 now, too. Is he really? He doesn't look that old. He's ancient, I'm telling you. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, okay, uh, they should put him in one of those Batman movies. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you could play old school uh, Ra's al Ghul before he gets into the uh, Lazarus yeah, yeah, right pit. Right before he, he comes out, Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Perfect. I'm, I'm glad we've nailed down our uh, perfect Batman movie so far. Uh, Steph, have you read anything else besides uh, the heartbreaking Batwoman stuff going on? I've been. I read Detective and Batman also. The Batman ones are pretty interesting. With the uh, the Riddler, have you read anything about those? I've been yeah, hearing about that. Did you? Uh, year one. Year zero? Yeah. It's really like, like, where are they going with it kind of thing. It's like, I haven't finished it yet. I've just been crazy busy. But it's just like, wow, where is this going? And it's going to be awesome because you can just, you just know something crazy is going to happen. Yeah, I, I, uh, I finished that one and it's, it's a great ending and you're definitely going to enjoy it. He, he doesn't drop the ball on it. Uh, it's, it's emotional. It's uh, adventuresome. And it's, it's really a good read. Are you guys reading uh, Batman Inc. at all? I mean, no. not Batman Inc., the uh, Batman Eternal. No. I'm dying to read that, and if my finances were not in a giant shape of a frowny face. <laughs> oh, I- that's, not a, that's not a book for a poor man. It, it comes out every week, and it's $4 a week. Oh, yeah. And it's, I think it's on ep- issue 24. Jesus or? Christ, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my Doesn't God. Doesn't it start yesterday? <sighs> yeah, the, I, you know what? What was it? Literally, I think it was August or July. It started coming out or something. Oh my god! Five weeks ago, it's been on time, and some of the they, they they've been switching artists, which is which is pretty cool. So you, you get a different flavor because there's so many stories being told. Yes. Um, there's we so many different locations every week with one artist. Yeah. Oh, what was that? It's like physically not possible to get a book out every week with one artist. Well, yeah, exactly. Marvel, and, and yeah, that, that gives it a nice spice, though. Yeah, I mean, they they better watch themselves or else they're going to turn into Marvel uh, pumping out books like that because, uh, what was it, <laughs> yeah. with uh, Spider-Man and, uh, what was it, Romita Jr. Uh, really pumping out. I think he's pumping out a book of uh, Spider-Man. All those come out so quickly. Yeah. I mean, all the X-Men, they're already on 30. It came out, like, last year. Yeah, yeah, they, they get a little crazy with that. I think it's every other week they do that, and I'm just like, this is that, that's why I don't read Marvel because I can't afford to read Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to pick one or two. and Pick Hawkeye. That thing never comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was cool. Who, who the hell was writing that? Um. Oh, God. Fraction and Aha. Yeah, Matt, Matt Fraction. And then he started writing Satellite Sam, and I was like, oh, let me read that. And that was just totally different. That's more chicken than, than Fraction. Oh, oh. And, well, okay. you know, in the in the radio station. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that book was something else. But uh, that's a story for another time. I guess, uh... Shit, I guess that leaves me. Ian, um, what have you been reading? Uh, well, again, I did read stuff this week. I'm on a roll, man, Good with boy. reading things. You know, I'm not just the host. I'm actually, you know, putting books in my eyeballs. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Eyeballs, whatever. Uh, so the uh, the first book I read was Godzilla. Let me see if there is a actual subtitle to that. I don't believe there was, but I think it was just called Godzilla. There's been like 30 billion Godzilla books out over the last uh, couple Godzilla. months. But, uh, yeah, this one's called Cataclysm. And basically what it is is uh, Godzilla and all, like, the other big kaiju monsters were the end of the world or, I guess, like, the meteorites hitting uh, Earth, more or less. They they ushered in the, uh, the end of civilization as we know it, and they destroyed most of the Earth with their war raging on. And this is sort of the aftermath. Like, 20 years later, people are starting to come out of hiding, trying to gather stuff and whatnot. And um, a lot of the uh, elders and stuff are getting a little old and the kids are growing up in a world that there haven't been monsters in anymore for a while. So they're getting a bit adventurous, you know, kind of um, not believing in, you know, Godzilla or King Ghidorah or whatever. And uh, they they go out on a scouting mission and whatnot. They're like, oh, you know, there's nothing out here anymore. Uh, our grandparents are nuts. They're, they're, whatever happened isn't here anymore. It's not going to come back. Of course it's going to fucking come back. It's it's <laughs> it's Godzilla. Um so about halfway through the first issue, uh some of the smaller uh creatures start popping out. The the young kids are freaking out running every which way. People are getting like slaughtered by these crazy uh praying mantises. I forget what they're called. I think uh I want to say Kumunga. I could be wrong. That <laughs> might be the spider one. I, they they have really crazy ass names and I can't remember all of them. But then uh, one of the bigger uh, guys shows up, uh, Biolante, who's like this big plant monster, uh, like half reptile, half plant. And uh, he starts ripping apart the uh, the uh, praying mantis uh, monsters. And then he turns their attention to the humans running away. But then, of course, the big G-Man comes out of nowhere. And G-Man. Yeah, the big G-Man. <laughs> and uh, he, he starts uh, totally destroying uh, Biolante. And then it, it goes to a you know cliffhanger with these, these two kids that survived this onslaught of monsters. Uh, and they're, they're caught in the crossfire between Biolante and uh, Godzilla. And they're about to go, I guess, into this huge fight. And that's why I really read Godzilla, because I just want to see two ginormous motherfucking monsters beat the shit out of each other for 28 pages. And I know. It, it sounded like, sound like the movie where it was all character and no Godzilla. It, it, for the first, um, I, I guess it was like, 10 pages. It was mostly like just some slight character development. And then it went into... These like this foreshadowing about you know what happened before and how bad they really screwed everything up and I think most of this takes place in Japan, uh, so like literally the the, the uh, Tokyo's in shambles like there's nothing left. Um, th- <laughs> Poor Tokyo. Th- yes. Yeah, well, I mean Tokyo's been getting the shit kicked out of it in every Godzilla movie ever. I don't. I- <laughs> Tokyo doesn't stand a chance if the title is Godzilla. Just fucking give up on Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, I, I always like what Evangelion did. They like said like Tokyo Eight or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I'm a glutton for punishment though because these Godzilla books are never fucking good, and uh, I mean th- this one's really no exception. You know, it, it's great for people who want to see monster fights and whatnot. But there's there's no real story for them. They only last about eight or nine issues, and then it's on to the next one, which I, isn't a really bad way to go because you can't have a Godzilla book go any longer than that. Because how can Godzilla <laughs> lose? He can't lose. No. It it just doesn't and happen. He can't talk. It's it's like Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, at least there's a softer side to Hulk. There's no softer side to Godzilla. Yeah. There's no side that loves long walks on the beach, <laughs> reading in a quiet library or something like that. It, it doesn't exist. Just picturing Godzilla like walking along the beach. <laughs> sunset very somberly Holding staring Mothra at the sun yeah. <laughs> yes that's exactly what yeah they're so buddy buddy i want that book <laughs> i'd read that oh uh, well i i'll tell you what get uh get idw to make that because they'll pretty much print anything with godzilla in it at this point yeah. so uh <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be a, a, attested to that the other book that i read though however uh was was pretty good i was pretty happy with it and i don't want to screw up the title so let me Get my handy-dandy iPhone in front of me again. Go away, Godzilla. No one loves you anymore. I'm just kidding, Godzilla. I love you. Did you see the movie? The Godzilla movie? No, no. Um, I, I had some crazy shit. Actually, that was when we were starting to get the website up and running and going towards a forward direction. 
and I didn't have any time for that, unfortunately. So I, I heard just all, all not very good things about the really? movie. Really? I, I heard the exact opposite. I heard very good really? things about the movie. But, I mean, I guess that's coming from a standpoint where you didn't know what to expect. You could have seen people in suits for all anyone knew, and it turned out to be pretty good CGI. But I digress. Um, the <laughs> other the other book I picked up was from a publisher called Ar- Archaea, and it was called The Storyteller, uh, Tale One of Four Witches. And this is uh, Jim Henson's Storyteller. So this kind of harkens back to a lot of the old, uh, I guess it was TV shows he was doing uh, in the early 90s, uh, late 80s, where uh, he had, I, I'm pretty sure it was on Nickelodeon, where he had a, I think it was called Jim Henson's Fairy Tales, and this is kind of in the same vein, except in comic book form, uh, and it's got these really, really uh, colorful uh, pages, uh, it, it's uh, very flowing, kind of watercolory. I, I use that a lot. I feel like there's a book I read like that every fucking episode. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, you're, that, that's your characteristic of all the art that you read. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, should really, <laughs> I should really stop doing that. But uh, uh, I, I, there's no other way to describe it because there's no definitive lines with any of this stuff. It, it's, 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 it's very pleasing to look at. So, I mean, from an art standpoint, it's a very cool-looking book. The story's really cool, too. It's, it's sort of like a, a very mythical type of uh, fairy tale, almost like a... I guess I would equate it to, I guess, like, Norse or, like, some sort of, like, just old English uh, lore. It's got to do with uh, this this uh, rabbit knight called the Lord of the Forest and a, uh, and a witch who are trying to defend their uh, kingdom from a king who cut down the Jewel of the Forest to make a crown for his uh, heir to his throne, his son. And uh, it sort of goes on from there. I really don't want to say too much else because this is an actual story unlike Godzilla where it's just two monsters (laughs) beating the shit out of each other. (laughs) Spoiler alert, Godzilla wins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and and this one, it's it's pretty cool. Um, There's a lot of uh, really cool characters going on. It takes place from the uh, the princess's perspective and uh, because she likes to walk around the forest and everything. So she actually comes upon this, uh, the, the forest witch, congregating with the lord of the forest saying how they're going to curse the wearer of whoever wears this uh this crown made from the the largest tree in the uh, forest called the jewel of the forest so uh from from there it takes like kind of a dark uh take which is really neat i i had a lot of fun reading it uh i'd I'd recommend it to anyone who wants sort of like a a more uh, fairy tale type uh story going on i i i liked it a lot uh is this an old ages book uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say it's an all-ages book. I mean, I wouldn't really go uh, as far to say, you know, your five-year-old can read it, but it's definitely, you know, someone... Like, I most kids, to be honest, nowadays have a better vocabulary than I do. So uh, I, I would I would say that, it, you know, it's an all-ages book. It's really, really cool. I had a really good time reading it. And, yeah, I, I'd totally recommend that to anyone. Who yeah, because I, I have a couple, you know, small nephews that I, I do like to give comic books to at Christmas time, just trying to get them into it. You're like, here, read something that you might like, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I, more kids should get into comic books because, I mean, it. Uh, a lot of kids don't like reading books. I mean, I didn't really get into books till I was, like, a teenager or early teenager. And uh, as a kid, I hated reading. And to be honest, if I read more comic books, I'd probably be a little better off than I am right now. I think as a kid, I used to look at the just look at the pictures. <laughs> I don't think I read much of it. And, and, and when you had those uh, X Force books back in the day, you really didn't have to read anything. No, no, it was just you cable, cable with a gun waving it around. Yeah. He's he's awesome. Uh, I mean, Steph or uh, Rachel, did you guys like uh, read much as uh, kids? Actually, I just got into comics three years ago. Yeah, we three, started up four. around the same time. Was that my fault? Probably. It's okay. all your fault. Well, how'd you guys get into it? Did you Basically, guys go like indie or superhero? When I was like, I want to say 12, I saw The Dark Knight and it was my first superhero movie that I was like, what the fuck? Because like, <laughs> you know, I saw Spider-Man when I was a kid with Tobey Maguire and then I, I was really interested and then I lost interest when all of a sudden he started shopping at Hot Topic in the last movie with his douchebag. <laughs> finger guns and oh and, emo spidey yeah <laughs> a man um and my dad was always into that stuff in fact his his twin brother when they were growing up he had a really he actually still has a really intense comic book collection i don't remember exactly what it consists of but he's planning on paying for my cousin's college with it oh really and 
it's fucking awesome. And my That's dad learned how to pick locks as a kid so that he could stay up and sneak out in the middle of the night and steal his brother's comic books so he could read them and then safely put them back before morning. <laughs> so for years and years and years after I see this movie, I'm like, oh my god, I love Batman. And I was, you know, one of those obnoxious kids that I now make fun of who's like, I'm going to go to Hot Topic and buy all the Batman t-shirts and <laughs> watch the movies. Yeah. Um, so I want to say ninth or 10th grade, my dad came up to me and he goes, you think you're a fucking Joker fan? Read this shit. And he gives me the killing joke. Oh, cool. And I read it and I was like, oh my God. And I was also going to art school at the time. So I was like, oh, okay, there you go. stories and Batman. So then that's a comic book guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that happens. So I started buying them on my, my iPad because I didn't know what a comic book store was. <laughs> So I had all these comics there, and then I got really into it, and Steph lives across the street from me. We've been friends, like, forever. So we go through phases at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And when one of us <laughs> is not in on a phase, the other will force it yep. until we're on the same wavelength. So, um... You didn't really force the comics. Like no, that, that I was happened. reading Batgirl for the very beginning, and I read her comics. And then I just looked up something. I think we were doing cosplaying ideas for Comic-Con. And I came across the Batwoman costume, and I'm like, that is awesome. Like, the costume is just so cool. So I picked up my first Batwoman comic, The Elegy, and I absolutely fell in love with the whole, like, her whole situation, her whole backstory, her costume, just everything about it. And then, that's how, yeah, that's how I got into comics, from Batgirl. Did you, did you like her Oracle phase? Because we talked about that last week, about, um, you know, how some people missed that phase of her. I like Oracle Phase better. That's how I started reading her. Was, As Oracle? Um, yeah, so I read The Killing Joke the summer before The New 52 came out. And I, the reason that I started reading specifically Barbara stuff was because what I took away from The Killing Joke was who is she and what happened to her? Because they really just left it open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I looked into it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll read one of her stories. And then I just... I fell in love with the character. I fell in love with the strength of the character, the integrity of the character. She's a sarcastic asshole. I'm a sarcastic <laughs> asshole. So it was just, like, incredible. And I, I really felt connected to the character, and specifically the way Gail Simone wrote her. So then I really get into it. I spend the whole summer reading. I make up for lost time. And then I see, oh, New 52 comes out, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? And I was and then I found out Gail would be writing the characters. I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot because she did a really good <laughs> shot. Twist my arm. Here we are. <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That that's awesome. Uh, have either of you guys? Well, one of my favorite uh, um, graphic novels to uh, recommend to people. Do either of you guys read uh, Kingdom Come? No. Oh, yeah, that that's that's one you got to read. That's, that's a cool um, one. yeah. That's uh, who who wrote that? Because I know Alex Ross did the art, but I, I can. It always uh, uh is that a Grant Morrison? Uh, no, or... nah, it can't be Grant oh. Morrison. I anyway, um, I yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if anyone wants to fact check me on that, whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, that that's a fantastic book, and it's so pretty to look at. That is one of it's a, it's a gorgeous book, and and it's definitely a different take on this on the superhero. Have you guys read like the the, um, the Dark Knight, like the old um, what's his name, the, Frank uh, Miller? Frank Miller books. Dark Knight Returns? Or... Yeah. Yeah, The Dark Knight Returns, and then what was... There was two of them. I, I did read The Dark Knight Returns, and I loved it. That was, I think, my second comic, because my dad was like, oh, you like that? Now watch this and read this. <laughs> it was like I would wake up, and and there would be comics under my bed where there weren't comics the day before. Did you read, like, the actual comics, or did you read trade paperbacks? I read the actual, like, the, the comics. Uh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, because those are pretty hard to get nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I'm so jealous. So I just spent so long mooching off of him, and then I was like, you know, maybe I should buy my own. And then one day I saw, out of the corner of my eye, at I was at the Joker's Child, and I saw um, Arkham Asylum, and I was like, oh my god, that art looks so fucking cool. And, like, one of my favorite stories of all time, especially the commentary on, on sanity throughout the, the book. I thought it was amazing. That's one you have to read twice. Just yeah. to like fully grasp everything. 
Well, Morrison's one of those uh, writers where you do have to read everything twice to kind of get the full yeah. breadth of what he's what he's uh, saying. He's, he's what do you guys think else. about uh, the new Gotham uh, uh, show that's coming out? I'm I'm putting my hopes really high, and I feel like I'm just gonna get crushed down. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm... With DC's track record for TV shows, I'm really hasty to get excited. Well, I, just... I love Arrow. Oh, God. I'm, I'm digging oh, Arrow. I'm, so Arrow I'm behind on Arrow, but I'm digging it. Yeah. Oh, I love um, Arrow. It was my guilty pleasure. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Smallville can suck it. Sorry. Yeah, and I never watched that. I watched like the first half of a season of Smallville and I was like I watched the first half of the first half of the first episode people tell me that like if you're gonna watch Smallville you need to stick it out because apparently like season four five it starts picking up and it's oh I don't have time for that yeah that's the thing like I was like I don't I don't want to watch from season one all the way to season five can I just go to season five and everyone's like no no you can't do that that doesn't make sense and I'm like well (laughs) I guess I'm not watching it yeah up on Arrow, I'm on the um, the uh, oh, I don't even remember what part I'm on. Oh, where Thea finds out who her father is. Oh, oh. dun dun dun. Slade comes back. That's where I'm at. Whoa. I I have such a man crush on uh, Slade Wilson. It's not even funny. That guy's such a badass. The guy who plays him, I, Manu yeah. Bennett, I think his name is. He played it 300 or not 300. Uh, Spartacus. Spartacus. That's it. Yeah. I yeah. think that uh, Stephen Amell is is a, is a good looking man. Oh yeah, he he's quite a good look. I I, I, I I have I have man crushes on both of them equally. I, to be honest, <laughs> it's it's so weird. Like I my my fiance swoons when he starts doing those uh, workouts in, in his uh, in his little secret lair. Did you see that? That shit is extreme, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's like American Ninja Challenge. You're like right in the middle of the show. It's like I'm just gonna break oh, out just now. No, have you actually seen his real workout? Yeah, I th- yeah, I see. It's similar to what he does on the show, right? Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? This guy's Superman, like seriously, Superman. <laughs> He's gonna get Comic Con. I'm so excited. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I think you and and my fiance are gonna be waiting on that line. I'm gonna be like waiting for Rick Remender's autograph <laughs> on my my deadly class, and you guys are gonna be getting all wet in front of Stephen Amell. I'll be yeah. hanging out by Nicholas Holt. I'm good. <laughs> You're gonna be by Gail. Are you kidding? Yeah, she'll let me charge my phone. Comic-Con is death to the phone battery. That's something that I learned over the years, is that if you try to send anything and do anything with your phone, basically, other than take pictures of strange people, check the time, you're fucked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just that. Well, it's just a, a, like nexus for wi-fi connectivity and like signals being bounced back and forth oh god i actually i got this thing from some convenience store for like 15 bucks and it it holds a charge oh yeah i've seen that you pop it on it'll charge your phone back up comic-con tip make friends with someone who has a booth right by a wall outlet and you're I remember sitting at a wall last last year, just you know, posting up for a little while. You're walking around so much, you might as well just you know, sit down by a uh, a plug and and Fresh charge it. up. Sit down at Comic Con. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, away from people. And oh, are not... you guys this year? Yeah, I, I got the the three day pass, so I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saturday is gonna. We're not even cosplaying Saturday just because we want to be able to live on the floor, especially the show floor. That's just oh awesome. yeah, that's. So that's great. Great. Around on Saturday. I don't even think we should go to the show show floor Saturday. I think we're gonna get one of those gerbil balls, giant gerbil balls, fucking run people over on their show floor. To be honest, that's what I'd probably do at that point. You know, it's so ridiculous trying to squeeze through people and stuff. And I'm not claustrophobic, but I mean, uh, I like it. Everyone's so polite, though. You're stepping on shoes all day, and no one says shit about anything. Everybody involved in Comic Con. I, uh, I've experienced has been polite except for the scalpers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't seen scalpers. I like outside. Oh no, like on the internet. Oh. Well. No, but but this year specifically, it was yeah. brutal. Yeah, because they released tickets so late, it was so strange. And they only released like minimum ticket, minimum tickets, minimal. There you go. Come <laughs> That's my bedtime. Minimal tickets to like big comic book stores, and it just it was 
very hard to get tickets. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, last year, and I'm sure this year was no different. It's only getting worse. Um, they... No, it's ten times worse than last year, because last year they released them in, like, April or something. No, yeah. no. Well, well, I don't know. Maybe. It, it was early, yeah. and and I remember, it, like, my friend still being able to get, you know, at least, I think, a Sunday ticket, like, in later on in the summer, and now it's, it was, like, done in a day. I actually went to, like, that special edition co- yeah. uh, convention. Special- Awesome! I love that. I was telling you about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm actually probably gonna go to that next year. Uh, we, we got some big things actually planned out for uh, where we're gonna be going as the, the comic book podcast type stuff this year. So, uh, we'll, we'll be places probably most likely. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 it should be a fun old time. Get, uh, get Dan out here. Him and his stupid beard. <laughs> you really hate that beard. <laughs> I, 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 but I love Dan. Like it, he had it, longer hair in college. Too. I, you know, I've seen some pictures and long flowing I, hairs. I, I love to hate Dan. Like he, he's, he's a fantastic. I, he's a fantastic person, and he's so I, much fun to talk to. But Chris said he's a sworn enemy, and uh, any sworn enemy of Chris is a sworn enemy of mine. That's how I know this name because I have not met this Dan, but I have heard Chris say that yeah. they're sworn enemy. Yeah, you haven't met him because he was in down in Texas for for like the last four years. Or yeah, something. yeah. Now he's up in uh in, in the like, Staten Island, yeah. Rock. Four years. God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I was I was sad. Chris uh Chris wanted to make it, but he uh he he couldn't get on. But I, I don't blame him because uh it's it's getting late, which means we should probably be wrapping up soon because it's it's about an hour worth of podcasting. I yeah, think this that's is like enough. the late night version too, ending at twelve o'clock. Yeah, well, you know, I, I as usual, I uh, I got out late, and you know, I'm booking it down the highway, going a thousand miles an hour is normal. So a thousand, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going home from Guitar Center when you have open road, you book it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, around five o'clock, it's pretty bad, and around nine, the left lane, no one's there. So I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna try to make it home in ten minutes. Sometimes I can. <laughs> I get six normally, and it's just bumper to bumper. Oh and god! It's, uh, and every day, Especially every, well, yeah, I go to school yeah. in Paramus. Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> I have I have a Friday class at six till six thirty. I gotta go through like, Paramus. Who decided that was a good idea? more accessible, I think, to other crowds, but I don't know. 
Um, see, I, I, I like it though because you do get that other the outside crowd, but you always gonna bring in like the top creators of comics. So last year I got my book signed by Robert Kirkman, you know, and Gre- uh, Greg Rucka was there. So you know Vaughn's gonna be there this year. So it, it really brings in the top talent, which which I'm so happy to to, 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 they have, to they meet. Have, um, Chris Claremont at yeah, special edition. Yeah, which is crazy, and and Gail who. <laughs> that was super fun. We literally hung out the whole weekend, which was a blast. Yeah. Did you guys dress up for that? We didn't dress no. up for that. We we wore comic themed outfits, but okay. it's like a Wolverine shirt or something. Yeah. It was just because I remember seeing a Batgirl in the back of the Gail Simone um, little. Uh... Not me. I was the other one with the bright red hair. But. Um, <laughs> But I have to admit that it was really awkward when we first got there because there was only one guy dressed up and he was in full Ghostbusters gear. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone else was in normal. And we're just like, oh, God. Yeah. Why would you do that to yourself? It's just too hot to cosplay to all the bundles. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to even. I haven't dressed up yet. I don't think I would. I don't know. You totally should. October, it's it's way more fun. Yeah. I'm gonna be the Dark Phoenix on Friday, and I will be Poison Ivy on Sunday. So if you see me, tell me hi first, so that if I get a hug from behind, I don't think you're gonna be raped. And then and he did that you. to me last year. He was just like, hey, yeah, I remember. <laughs> you were like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we we have an X Men Day. Friday, I'm being Rogue, Dark Phoenix. Then uh, Sunday, I'm being Harvey, Two Face, and she's doing this Poison Ivy. Oh, that's so, cool. Cool, yeah. cool. I haven't, I haven't dressed up in a while. The last one I dressed up as was uh, two years ago. I went as uh, the Scout from uh, TF2. And uh, I'm skinny and lanky, and I got a really big fucking mouth. So uh, <laughs> everyone wanted to take a picture, especially because I had the shotgun. Instead of the bat, everyone had the bat. I had the shotgun, and uh, yeah, I don't think I ever want to dress up again because no one would leave me the fuck yeah. alone. That's why we're not dressing up Saturday. Because if you can't walk two feet yeah. dressed up on a Friday, no, it's it's only worse on Saturday. Yeah. The people commitment is, is hilarious too. I remember I was sitting on the steps and uh, you know I was reading Matt Fraction's Iron Fist and Iron Fist comes walking down and I was like, "Hey, gotta get a picture." And I just wanted just a snap. And then he goes out to the full pose, like busts out into two poses. I'm like, "Oh, whoa, easy there, killer!" <laughs> I just okay. wanted a picture. Did you see the guy that was dressed as um, Fat Male Ariel oh, yes. and the Little Mermaid? Yeah, yeah, I've ever seen yeah, him last year. Got a picture with him. <laughs> get a picture with them. I just do like the creepy candid thing where I walk by and take a picture of you. Yeah, there's moments where you're just standing there for 15, 20 minutes and people are like, wait, one more. And you're like, my legs. <laughs> your legs, your cheeks from smiling. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Like, I have to go uh, wait on a line somewhere, guys. <laughs> Excuse me while I go waste my time somewhere like, else. Yeah, yeah. Lines. I mean, without the rides. With the lines. <laughs> Only the lines. This book isn't going to sign itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let me let me get to the uh, the the fun part of the uh, podcast. Yeah, where I got to do my faithful plugs. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard, we actually got sponsored uh, for the Stone Age Gamer podcast by none other than the Stone Age Gamer website. I know that's crazy to hear, but uh, yeah, there's going to be some fun stuff uh, coming down the pike with them. Uh, we we got a whole crazy amount of new content coming out with them all uh, working with us. We're going to be uh, actually looking at a whole new uh, listener base uh, for this, and it's it's really, really exciting. We're happy to have them uh, aboard with us, and it's going to be really, really cool for anyone who wants to check out their stuff and wants some awesome retro gear for their video game stuff. You can go and visit the Stone Age Gamer at www.stoneagegamer.com. That is S-T-O-N-E-A-G-E. G-A-M-E-R dot com. Holy shit, I spelt that right on the first time without even rehearsing that. That that made me feel good. I can spell. <laughs> good for me. Uh, Alright, let's go for attempt number two. Now, if anyone has anything uh, that they want to tell us about, anything that we missed in the podcast, do you want to tell uh, 
uh, Rachel and Steph about any awesome bat books that they might have missed. Uh, you want to tell me about, I, I don't know, how useless it is for me to have two microphones right next to one another. Uh, <laughs> go uh, or, or, or tell Nick how, how much Destiny sucks because you just want to disagree with him. Uh, go ahead and send us an email to geeklifesite at gmail.com. That is G-3-3-K-L-I-F-E-S-I-T-E at gmail.com. Yes, two for two. Let's go two one more. Two. Uh, and if you guys just want to check us out on Facebook, download all our stuff, subscribe to us through iTunes. You can find us on the Stone Age Gamer, uh, the Geek Philosophers, uh, Paper Cuts Podcast, all on iTunes. Every single episode uploaded as soon as I hit that wonderful upload button. Uh, you can also get it through our website. There's an awesome contact this tab. You can find the Stone Age Gamer link through there. And we also put up all these awesome uh, articles that Chris does. Uh, Dan does some awesome wrestling articles. I should probably put something up sooner or later when I get around to it, but uh, I kind of got my hands a little full right now, so uh, we'll wait on that. But uh, you can find all that. You can even find some of our YouTube videos on there at geeklife.com. That's www.g33klife.com. Three for three. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and you know, give it up to the big guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not only God, but Jesus and Abraham. Oh no, 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 not, 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 not that G-man. The other G-man, Godzilla. <laughs> uh, but uh, shout out to Godzilla on his beach vacation right now. Yeah, with Mothra and Rodan <laughs> and all of them. I know they're having a good hand time. Hand in hand with Mothra. <laughs> Oh man, God! I, I gotta draw sea that. Breeze smacking in his face. Yeah, as radioactive drool is dripping out of his uh, <laughs> face. Yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Please, please draw this for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, IDW, if you guys are out there, you should definitely draw us a picture of this, and so we can put it up on our website. Uh, that's probably never gonna happen, but it, you know what? The powers that be make it happen. If anyone knows anyone at IDW that they think can draw Godzilla on the beach holding ro- uh, hands with Rodan <laughs> and Mothra, uh, f- make it happen, please, for us. <laughs> yeah. Um. Besides that, you can check us out on YouTube as well. We got some content going up. We're gonna be doing a Let's Play of Hammer Watch with four people, not one, not two, not three, but four whole people. There will be four voices screaming at me to tell me to do something that I'm obviously doing something wrong. Uh, all at once. Uh, that'll be going up later this week. I'm very excited about that because we haven't done any multiplayer Let's Plays yet, and Hammer Watch is a really fun game, and it should be a good old time. Uh, and for anyone who wants to download it, the game's like ten bucks. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe you could play with me. Yeah, that, that could happen. Uh, but till next time, guys. Uh, I'm Dean DeFalco, and uh, from all of us at uh, the Paper Cuts Podcast, have a good night. Good night, everyone. <laughs>